Fight Podcast, hosted by Sergio Vicente. The Fight Podcast is brought to you by Sage Eats. Sage Eats is a Chicago-based healthy meal prep and fitness mentoring company. They deliver healthy, organic, custom meals directly to your home or office. For those of you not in Chicago, Sage Eats also offers online fitness mentoring where your personal fitness mentor will send you four weeks worth of workouts that are customized to your body and your goals. Your mentor is available seven days a week to answer questions and offer support. Sign up for Sage Eats at www.sageeatschicago.com. Apply promo code FIGHT for 20% off your first three months. Now here's your host of the Fight Podcast, Sergio Vicente. What up? What up? What's going on? Um, this is another episode of the Fight Podcast. Uh, I am your host, Serge Vicente. And uh, hey, man, we have a great show lined up for you today. Uh, UFC 224, Amanda Nunes retains her title and proves that she's the baddest uh, female fighter at 135 on the planet. Uh, Bellator 199 was also this past weekend. Ryan Bader gets it done in a huge way. Uh, weight cutting, fires getting cut. We have our prospect alert, fighter focused and you know our fighter focus is where we uh we throw some shine to fighters that you may not know and um and we're also going to talk about this weekend's ufc chili uh this uh this is the first actually ufc chili is kind of dope it says it's the first ufc fight card in a span in a spanish speaking south american country so um yeah they've been you know like brazil but you know, they speak Portuguese down there. So this is the first time they're actually in uh, like Latin America, I guess, so you say. Um, remember to follow The Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at The Fight Podcast and follow me at Serge Vicente. Um, that's on all platforms, Facebook, IG, Twitter, uh, member at the Five Podcast, and please, please, please uh, support the show by checking me out on our website www.thefightpodcast.com. Um, let's subscribe, listen, rate, and share on iTunes uh, and SoundCloud. And uh, also, you know, we got merch and stuff out there, so support the show. Um, you know, the more you guys support, the more you know, dope stuff we can continue bringing. Um, you know, to the show, and uh, you know, so grab hoodies. You know, grab some merch. We have um, champion brand hoodies, champion brand shirts. Um, you know, donning the the fight podcast stuff. So check us out. Um, and uh, yeah, man. Uh, all right, uh, let's just go ahead and jump into uh, this past week, the world of MMA fight news. And um, yeah, man, boxing MMA has been kind of crazy. Uh, this past weekend was nuts. Like Saturday, there was a little bit of everything. I, I mean, it. You had the UFC, you know, fight card. The big, you know, the the, the card in Brazil. You had um, Bellator one ninety nine, um, and then you had Loma fighting. Yeah, the Lomachenko Linares fight, which was free, which is bananas. That Loma is still fighting on, um, you know, on free TV. But I mean, I love it. I love it. Um, but yeah, it's crazy weekend. So we're gonna just jump right into it. Um, this past weekend's championship fight between in the UFC, um, the championship fight between Amanda Nunes and uh, Raquel Pennington um, happened this weekend. And as we all know by by now, and I'm gonna go ahead and break that down a little bit, you know, later on, on the show. Uh, 
Raquel Pennington got demolished. Uh, she really did. Amanda Nunes proved once again how dope she really is and uh, destroyed her. But um, in the in the uh, in between the fourth and fifth round, um, uh, Raquel Pennington she got stopped in the fifth round. But in between the fourth and fifth round, the UFC cameras, you know, the corner cam ended up catching her saying to her corner, "I'm done." I'm done. I don't want any more. I'm done. And her corner kind of convinced her to, uh, you know, jump back in there. So it's been a lot of controversy about that this weekend. People don't seem like they're, you know, too happy about, you know, about that. Um, everybody from people like Joe Rogan to, you know, other fighters in, in media personalities. And, uh, you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. If a fighter, at any point in time says that yo i'm done and it's the fourth round of a championship fight i mean you 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 have to be smart enough man you're putting your person in a bad situation um I, I was looking at it and I was just um Dominic Cruz who's on uh the UFC uh desk and i'm actually going to bring up some sound clips to him in a little bit but um he pretty much clearly stated if somebody doesn't want any more, he's like, fighters are some of the most confident people in the world. If somebody legitimately, after four rounds of getting hammered, says, you know what, I don't want any more, it's done. There, It's over. And um, her corner should have done a better job with that. Um, they should have pulled, the, they should have, you know, threw the towel in in the, in the middle of the rounds. Um, she ended up getting finished in the fifth. And she ended up taking so much more damage than she actually needed to. Um, in the fifth round, she got split open. Um, and again, I'm going to break the fight down a little later on uh, in the show. But um, she got beat up really bad, man. And um, it, it's one of those things that it 100% should have been stopped. Uh, her corner did not do her justice. Granted, she has everybody in her team, her fiance, and everybody says they, you know, agree with, you know, with the corner's decision. And they're supposed to say that. They're supposed to sit there and say, you know, yo, I'm rocking with, you know, my team. They did the best thing for me. You know, they see me day in, day out. But at what cost? You know what I mean? It's like, at what cost? Um, if someone goes out there and if their heart's not 100% in it and they take another shot, I mean, that could be the end of their career. You could have legitimately like jeopardized Raquel Pennington's career. And let's not forget, before this fight this past weekend, Raquel Pennington has not fought in two years. She had an injury, then she sat out waiting for a title shot, which she got. So this is somebody who hasn't fought in two years. Yes, she's tough as it gets. Raquel Pennington is a beast. But if she says someone who is that tough, if they say it's time to call it quits, you know what? You know, I have to, you know, side with her on that. Um, I think her corner did an awful job with that. And um, man, hopefully she next time gets in there with other people. But she's getting a lot of flack. Her team's getting a lot of flack. And uh, you know what, man? Deservingly so. Uh, staying with uh, the that card, <laughs> weight cutting seems to be an issue. And um, it's bananas that 
in this car, there was um, one of the the highly touted, you know, uh, uh, prospects, Mackenzie Dern. Uh, I talked a little bit about her last week. You, you know, she's a, a Brazilian jiu-jitsu phenom. Um, she's Megaton Diaz's, who is one of the, you know, the one of the OGs of, you know, BJJ. That's his daughter. Um, she's a phenom. She she beat Gabby Garcia. And just let me paint a picture for you about Gabby Garcia. Mackenzie Dern fights at 115 pounds. She probably walks around closer to about 140 to 150 pounds. But in a jiu-jitsu tournament, she grappled and beat Gabby Garcia. Gabby Garcia is a woman who is also Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. She's a monster on the ground. Oh yeah, she's six three and two hundred and like thirty pounds, jacked, like super yoked and huge. And this girl beat her in a, in a tournament. So yes, Mackenzie Dern is an, an incredible um, BJJ phenom. And uh, you know, as of right now, you know well, she won this past weekend. And again, I'll, I'll break that down, that fight down a little later on. But the most important part is about this is she came in. 7.4 pounds overweight. I'm going to go ahead and let... She's getting a lot of flack for this, all right? And she got so much flack. And um, her, her opponent, um, um, Amanda Cooper, was, as you could imagine... Super, super upset. In fact, this is what she said after she found out her opponent weighed in almost 10 pounds overweight. And uh, my opponent, you know, kind of disrespected me in the sport and I think the Brazilian fans. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of emotion because I, I am emotional. I'm, I'm upset. I'm mad. Um, I think everyone else should be. There's there's too many cheers for someone that mi- misses weight by not a small portion, but a large portion. And let me tell you what, I cannot wait until tomorrow night. It's- All right. So as you can hear, uh, Amanda Cooper was kind of pissed off about that. Um as she should be. Uh, that's somebody who ended up coming in, you know, way overweight. And uh, I absolutely believe that they should. there should be limits to those things. Um, the rule was, as long as she didn't come in after, you know, in the next weight class, they allowed the, that, that commission in Brazil allowed the fight to continue because she did not weigh in um, at 125 pounds. She ended up coming and weighing in at 123.4 or something like that. And um, since she wasn't 125 pounds, um, which is the the next weight class up, she was still technically in the realm of the 115 pound division. So they allowed the fight to continue. Um, she was and she ended up having to give her opponent 20 percent of her purse um, of her winnings. And I guess the shame of <laughs> knowing you were, you know, came in out of there Um Yo, I think if anybody, it's super unprofessional for any fighter to come in overweight. Um, even if, I mean, that's your job. Your job is to make weight and show up for the fight. Um, Mackenzie Dern didn't do that. So it's interesting that they still allowed her to compete. Um, 
people are pissed, man. People are pissed. And yes, she won the fight. Um, and I'm gonna break that down a little bit, but listen to Dominic Cruz, who Dominic Cruz, uh, UFC's, you know, honestly, the 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 greatest 135 pounder ever um, in mixed martial arts, and um, he was the longest reigning champion, uh, and he's a great, great, great um, analyst. So this is him after the fights saying what he felt about one. Mackenzie Dern coming in overweight and two, I mean, what he feels as if it means. And I think this is something that was really important. Gentlemen, we have weight classes. And when you're seven pounds over a weight class, that is not trying to make weight. That is creating yourself an advantage to win. Because in the end, how sad was Dern about the weight loss or being too heavy? Not she was sad. just happy to have the win. That's the point of this sport is to win. And when you come in with that big of a weight advantage being a 45er to a 35er, being a 35er to a 25er, being a 85er to a 70 pounder. That's an advantage. You, that's a huge advantage, and it's basically cheating, in my opinion. Well, Darren wasn't upset at all. I saw her jump on top of the octagon. She was swinging and having a funky good time. The thing about it is, ABC, Amanda was on Twitter too much. She was on Instagram. She was, oh, I'm so mad. I can't wait until tomorrow. She was saying everything that she thought everybody wanted to hear her say. She should have been focusing on that weight is a... All right, now that was um, Dominic Cruz, and that was also um, the UFC's welterweight champion, Tyron Woodley. Uh, remember, I talked about Tyron talking. He was um, our fighter focus, uh, I believe, week 12. Um, but, um, yeah, what they say makes complete sense, man. And and these are people who are at the top of the, t the top level saying, yo, that is 100% cheating. And um, and as is as the guys both said, it's not like she was mad about it. So she goes out there, she gets a W. She gets not only does she end up getting, you know, the win, she also gets her win bonus. Yeah, she lost a couple, you know, a couple ducats, <laughs> but she still got the W, and she continue. She never, she doesn't have a no contest or anything, so there is no repercussion. Uh, there was a stat that just came out um, this year from the UFC. In in 2018, there have been seven fighters that have missed weight, and the fight has continued on. Those all seven fighters that miss weight won the fights you can't tell me that there's no advantage in that so you know what um Mackenzie Dern who came in the worst shape I've ever seen name like I mean she didn't even look like she tried so I mean they said that when she came in she came in at 140 pounds and the reason I'm actually just kind of upset about it and and um and I guess for all practical purposes breed a dead horse is that she I mean, that's just, I mean, she's disrespecting the sport. If you come in almost to the next weight class, barring some significant injury, which, I mean, shoot, we're four days past the event, this didn't seem like it. And one thing Kenzie Dern said also, that I'm going to be completely honest with you, um, blew my mind, was that she afterwards said that you know oh it's pr i could probably could you know you know had a better diet yeah man it's like you have to take it seriously and the thing the reason this is an issue and this is the last thing we'll say about it <clears throat> for Mackenzie dern is because out of seven pro fights 
she has missed weight four of those fights. This absolutely is a problem and and something honestly needs to be done. Um, I understand how difficult weight cutting can be. Um, the, my last uh, competition, the last my last fight that I had, uh, it was at 170 pounds. I was welterweight, but I was walking around at a, at about 198 pounds at the time. I, you know, I was like powerlifting, doing all kind of nonsense. Uh, but you know, I had I had a month to cut to down to those 30 pounds. It's difficult. It sucks. It's one of the worst things ever. But at least I took the time. I did it the right way, and I came in on weight. You can't, and I you can't lose twenty five to thirty pounds. Like I said, it took me to lose those twenty five pounds. It took me a month to like slowly kind of taper myself down. She came in twenty pounds overweight. You know, or should I say thirty pounds overweight? A week out, yo, that's impossible. <laughs> that's impossible. So, look, I hope she gets it together. I think she's a potential star uh, for MMA. MMA needs Mackenzie Dern to be, to be successful, but um, I hope she's taking you know the game seriously. And uh, it's really getting to the point that it seems like she's not taking it as uh, as serious as some would like. All right, here's something that's just a little entertaining. And we're going to keep it with, again, we're sticking with uh, with MMA. Um, as we talked a little bit about last week, Chuck Liddell. Chuck Liddell, who is, you know, a UFC legend. Um, he was the face of the of the company, you know, in the early days and, you know, the, the early, you know, to the mid, you know, 2000s. And, uh... You know, he hasn't fought in about seven years, but he wants to come back. He's making his comeback. They, they, Oscar De La Hoya is making a play to sign him to a Golden Boy um, MMA, which would be entertaining. But Chuck hasn't fought in seven years and is every bit of like 50 years old. Um, but Chuck, being is 50 and, you know, having fought in seven years is not stopping Chuck from being... You know, calling people out, and not only is he calling people out, he's he's calling John Jones out. He was recently on um, the MMA Hour with Eric Hawani and said some interesting stuff. So first, I'm gonna let you listen to this clip. Officially out of retirement, you are open for business. You want to fight again? You will fight again. I will fight again. Yeah. You will fight again. Yeah. Unequivocally. Oh. As far as if we get a deal together with somebody to make to make sense, yeah. Does it hinge on Tito's participation, or you? No, it does not hinge on Tito's participation. Okay, why are you fighting again? Why have you made this decision? Um, I I miss it. I never stopped missing it, and I I hadn't really thought about it much. And then when when he brought it up, and we started getting going, and I started training, and started doing stuff again, getting ready to try to to take this on it made me go you know what is it, what if he pulls out I, am I not going to fight am I going to do all this and not fight and oh no we got to have somebody to back it up and if, he, if it doesn't work out with him I'm, I'm going to give it a shot okay. it'll be somebody else you know, one of the guys from, from my past probably most likely and we'll see where I'm at and then that last name he called out ended up being John Jones um, the you know arguably the greatest um light heavyweight in UFC, shoot, MMA history. Uh, 
he called him out. He he said he'll fight him anywhere, anytime, any place. <laughs> and uh, and this is what he said. He he tweeted. He tweeted at John and said, John at Johnny Bones. He has that raspy voice to at Johnny Bones, whatever. <laughs> but at Johnny Bones, I figure it's a good place for a youngin like you to learn from a true legend and champion on how to really fight and conduct yourself in life inside and outside the ring. Champions 101, hashtag respect, hashtag integrity. <laughs> Yo, Chuck is wild. I mean, so he says he wants to go out there and let's not forget Chuck Liddell's last fight uh, was against uh, Rich Franklin, who his entire career was at 185 pounds, you know, a middleweight. Uh, he moves up in weight to fight Chuck Liddell at um at 205 and 205 pounds is the the weight class Chuck has always been in. At that time, both fighters were on their last leg. And at that time, with a broken arm, Rich Franklin KO'd Chuck Liddell. So he got KO'd by a guy who was already at the end of his at the end of his rope. And now he's calling out arguably the greatest, you know, light heavyweight fighter of all time. Well, this is how John responds. In all seriousness, at Chuck Liddell, I appreciate your offer for a fight, but due to scheduling conflicts, may not be able to fulfill till mid-2019. It's probably from those uh, steroid accusations. Uh, but he continues, in the upcoming months, I have similarly lethal opponents in Ric Flair and George Foreman awaiting. Yo, John Jones is low-key funny. Like John Jones uh, on Twitter, and when he comes at people, like when he told uh, Daniel Cormier uh, in the lead up to their last fight, I, he told him he beat him, you know, while coked up. Like I beat you last time while being on like on a bender, like saying stuff like that. That dude legitimately says some funny stuff, and his uh, like kind of wittiness against Chuck and kind of dismissing him is hilarious. They go back and forth a little bit. John ends up saying, you know, yo, anytime, anywhere, I'll fly you out to Albuquerque. But Chuck Liddell. Dude, please give it a rest, man. If you want to come back, you should have came back like six years ago. Um, I think it's been too long. Um, I hate seeing this. I hate seeing legends. You know, BJ Penn recently did something like this and ended up getting murked by too many guys. So I hate seeing legends come back and get beat up. So. Chuck, if you come back, more power to you, but man, please stay retired. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, man, those those guys, that, that, that's just bananas. Um, in the world of boxing, um, Jaime um, Munguia, who is an up-and-coming prospect, uh, he was actually 2017's prospect of the year in boxing. Uh, the Nevada State Athletic Commission actually recently recently uh said that they did not or they didn't allow him to go against uh triple g um but they let him for some reason so my bad let me say so the athletic the nevada state athletic commission um single the mile weekend when they were gonna have him fight you know after the canelo fight 
fell out. Uh, Jaime was actually trying to get the fight with Triple G. Um, since he is so young, and this kid is actually only 21 years old, and he is a complete monster. He just beat this weekend Saddam Ali. Uh, Saddam Ali's last fight, he actually um, beat Miguel Cotto in his like final fight in Cotto's final fight. So Saddam Ali has some, you know, some skills. I give him some props. He has some skills. But Jaime you went out there and blasted dude out like in the fifth round. So it was just bananas. But uh, Jaime actually called out one of my favorites, as we know, Jamal Charlo. Um, the reason he ended up calling him out is that he said that he, you know, believed that Buddy can, uh, he, he really did believe that he can actually, you know, piggyback off of, you know, Charlo's name. Um, but unfortunately, he has, you know, a couple other, uh, <laughs> he has a couple other people to, um, to to get through uh prior to getting there he's definitely not a big enough name definitely it doesn't have enough name recognition and uh honestly he, he's he's at this point in time in his career um between him and charlo he's just way too slow is he yes he's more he's really powerful and he kind of like just smashed saddam ali but ali is a natural 147 pound fighter this kid's probably a natural, you know, at least 160 pound fighter. So, and he, it looked like it. It really did look like it in the in the ring. So, great call out. I think this kid has a lot of potential, and uh, he's definitely going to end up being a, a a future prospect alert. But uh, come on, man, calling out Charlo after one big one. Relax, relax, relax. <laughs> um. Uh, remember, man, again, this is Serge Vicente, and thank you for joining me today on this episode of the Fight Podcast. Uh, we do have a great show today. Um, remember, we still have coming up this week's Fighter Focus, where we share stories about the good guys in combat sports. And uh, still to come, um, along with last weekend's big fight weekend breakdown, which we do have, um, uh, we also have my picks for UFC Santiago or UFC Fight Night in Santiago, Chile. Uh, remember to follow The Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at The Fight Podcast. And support the show by checking me out on the website www.thefightpodcast.com. And, uh, you know, support the show. Buy merch today. We have hoodies and uh, we have t-shirts, man. Come, you know, look, go online, thefightpodcast.com. Check us out. Uh, let me know what you think. Um... It should be great, man. So uh, with that, man, you know, take a take a quick listen to this. Next up, we have our prospect alert. Prospect alert is where we show love to up and coming prospects who have the skills and the talent, but might not be a household name just yet. So this week, we're going to take time out and highlight Devin Haney. Record, 19 wins, zero losses, with 13 knockouts. And now back to your host, Sergio Vicente, to tell us more about this fighter. All right, man, this week's prospect alert is Devin the Dream Hanley. Uh, Devin is 19-0 with 13 KOs. He fights at 135-pound lightweight division. 
He's from Oakland. He trains at Floyd Mayweather's gym in Vegas. Uh, yo, this kid is only 19 years old. He turned pro at 17. Um, he, dude, this dude, um, he actually just fought this past weekend incredible display um this kid has all the tools he has a great jab he has great speed he has great movement he has lateral movement and he has one punch ko power uh the best way i could explain this kid is that he looks like the perfect balance and like the mix between and i know this is going to sound crazy but he's like the mix between like floyd mayweather and like roy jones jr um if he has you know the movement and the athletic of a Roy Jones Jr. Uh, with like the defense of Floyd and the patience of Floyd. He's it's nuts, man. It's really nuts, especially for a kid who's this young. He uh, he turned pro at 17 years old. He actually um, bypassed the Olympics and was like, nah, damn that. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to go ahead and um, just turn pro. Um, and he's blazing through everybody. Um, this kid has no fear, um, and it shows. He uses his length incredibly well. He has really quick feet, and like I said before, he's very, very, very patient. Um, even though he does have KO power, he doesn't search for it. He doesn't search for it at all, and he just takes what his opponent gives him. So, I mean, it's like he it's, he, he comes out there just like a solid, grizzled vet, man. It's, it's ridiculous. Um, this past weekend, he was a featured fight on Showbiz. Box, the next generation and um again it was incredibly technical um he set so many traps and uh he follows up on his punches better than anybody especially that i've seen um if he is managed correctly he's going to be you know a huge star he's somebody that and a man i'm thinking about like the potential matchups this kid has in the future i mean he fights at 135 pounds you know lomachenko just fought there javante javis fights there at 140 pounds we have mikey garcia yo the potential matchups that can that this kid could have in the future is ridiculous man boxing is in such 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 a good place right now um 135 pound division stacked welterweight division stacked middleweight division stacked heavyweight division really interesting cruiserweights they're doing their thing it, i mean this is the most entertaining i can ever remember boxing being so um I think Devin had Devin the dream um, has all the potential. Um, we should definitely pay attention to this kid. And he is week 14's prospect alert. All right. All right. Um, thank you as always uh, for listening to the fight podcast. Um, this, this is, this is fun, man. We're, we're out here just going to keep it moving. And, um, I'm gonna start. We're gonna talk about all the big fight cards again. This was a huge, huge, huge fight weekend. Um, we had, you know, the big UFC, you know, pay per view. We had Bellator in 199 with the um, with the next round in the heavyweight tournament, and of course, fight that I'm gonna talk about now. I think it was the most paid attention to fight of the weekend, featuring the. The Phenom featuring the pound for pound um, 
the, the number one pound for pound boxer in the world right now, Vasily Lomachenko. He was slated to fight Jorge Linares. And um, yo, this was a really, really, really entertaining fight, man. Uh, the fight was uh, televised on ESPN. Um, it was with top rank uh, fighting. Top rank is you know with Bob Aram is the he owns that that company. He's the should I say he's the promoter, and um, he he's he's promoted you know. He was even the promoter of Flo Mayweather at one point in time, um, and like Oscar De La Hoya as well. So the dude is, a, is an OG of the game. He's kind of a snake, it seems seemingly at times. Um, he just he, and he said some choice things about MMA, but um, the deal that he has set up with ESPN is incredible. His business, his business acumen is um, you you can't talk trash about it, man. So. Um, He's the one who who hosted the event. Well, this event with um, you know Loma and Lenatis, um, it ended up receiving 1.4 million views. Man, you have pay per view fights, you know, for MMA and also boxing that aren't even cracking 800,000, 200,000. And these guys on free TV went ahead and rocked 1.4 million. Man, it's awesome. And from what all onlookers and everybody out there said, that this fight was the atmosphere there was incredible. They said you can feel the floor shaking in the inside. Um, the crowd went nuts. It was a huge, huge event. Um, Vasily Lomachenko, who's 30 years old, moved up in weight from super featherweight uh, to, ta- to, ch- to challenge the, the champion at that weight class, Lenatis, who his own record is 44-4 and four with 27 KOs for his WBA 135-pound title. Um, this fight was great, man. It was really entertaining. Um, when at, but for, you know, beginning, it seemed as if even though it was a an entertaining fight, a little bit back and forth, Vasily Lomachenko seemed like he was in control of the fight at all, you know, the entire time. Um, using incredible speed, incredible combinations, you know, but in the sixth round, seemingly getting a little overconfident, he takes a step in. Um, Lenares, throws a right hand straight down the pipe drops Vasily Lomachenko for the first time in his professional career I was sitting there watching a fight I was by myself and when he got dropped yo, my heart just shot up to like my throat like right I, I I couldn't believe it um you can tell like the crowd went just completely you heard that first gasp like <gasps> and then after the first gasp like it was quiet for a second Loma jumped right back up and honestly proceeded to, you know, to do work. Obviously, he lost that round, but, yo, the fight was a close fight. It was going a little bit back and forth um, with, um, with you know, Loma just landing the, the cleaner blows. Um, it was going back and forth. Um, he didn't seem like he was really hurt by any Lenatis' punches. Um, so, as the fight continued wearing on, Vasily Lomachenko's confidence just was absolutely soaring. 
He was throwing incredible combinations, um, going backwards, going forwards. His feet, you know, switching his stances back and forth, going from southpaw to conventional stance, landing uppercuts, landing jabs at will. Um, he, he he was putting on a show. Uh, but with me saying that, don't let me don't think that Lenatus wasn't going out there because Lenatus was pumping his jab. Um, great, great movement. Um, he was applying pressure, uh, I, not as much as I would like to. Have scene but he's still applying pressure and it was still going it was a very very entertaining fight going into the 10th round um the 10th round um Lomachenko seemed like he, he needed something all of a sudden he goes in for the attack and um he ended up landing a vicious vicious left hook to the body um you saw Lenatis starting to wear down in the eighth round just wasn't as slow. You saw his mouth opening a little bit. Um, you saw the wear on his face. Started, you know, around his uh, both of his eyes, they were starting to, you know, be a little bit of a uh, little bit of redness and bruising. So you saw he was starting to wear it down. You saw uh, Lomo was starting to get to him, and out of nowhere, that big left hook, boom, to the body, ended up dropping um, Lenatis. Um, he didn't end up answering eight count. Fights over. Great fight. Um, I think everybody, you know, was, uh, you know, loved it. Um, but man, Loma just had too much skill and actually this talent for Lenatis. Um, this with only 12, yo, this is bananas, yo, with only 12 pro fights under his belt. Lomachenko, Vasily Lomachenko becomes the fastest three-division world champion by winning the WBA Super World Lightweight title. <laughs> in only 12 fights. That's crazy. This dude is so good. He's already, you know, everyone already pretty much thinks thinks of him as, you know, the best pound-for-pound pound fighter out there. And he's only 12 fights in. This shit, like, I mean, granted, yes, he had every he he won two gold medals. Um, he he has like three hundred amateur fights. I mean, the dude has been doing. He's put his work in. But you know, people always think that pro and amateur are different. And a lot of people don't translate. Loma Vasily Lomachenko's skill set translated and ridiculously. Now, this was pretty cool. Um. The more you look at it, the more, you know, there's been some pretty, you know, what, what's next? I mean, every, that's what everyone's asking. What's next? What's next for, for Vasily Lomachenko? And a couple people said some really interesting things. I mean, you know, Floyd Mayweather is politicking for uh, the Javante Davis fight. Javante Davis obviously is under, you know, the TBE banner. He's under Mayweather promotion. So, yes, Floyd's trying to get that money still. He's trying to throw his name out there over there. Um, you have, you know, other people, th you know, little people, you know, saying things here or there about him, but no one's really chirping too loud. Granted, he got dropped, so I'm now I'm I'm curious to see if more people are gonna think, you know, ooh, Loma's human. You know what I'm saying? Like Loma might be human. He took a he could took a couple solid shots, and uh, now that you know maybe he can be now maybe he can be hurt. Let's take the fight now. So maybe hopefully we can see more entertaining fights. What do I think is gonna happen? And even Floyd Mayweather said it earlier. I think Mikey Garcia is gonna get that fight, man. Mikey Garcia, 
you know, known as as of right now, the number three pound for pound on uh, number of people's um, um, minds uh, boxer in the world. Um, just beat the hell out of um, Adrian Broner last year. Just a, a display. Mikey Garcia, who is trained by star trainer and his older brother, who was also an incredible fighter in his own right, Robert Garcia. It's possibly one of the most technical fighters, man, that I've ever seen. He doesn't do anything wrong. He has great feet. He has power in both hands. He has incredible defense. And he's willing to brawl with you. He's willing to go out there and, 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 and fight. So um, he's the current 140-pound champ. But he moved up from 135, where Loma is currently fighting at, and he's currently the champ. So we're gonna see if we can go. They said they're gonna try to get that fight at some. Hopefully, um, Mikey Garcia, or Robert Garcia, trainer of Mikey Garcia, says that they're shooting to have that fight next Cinco de Mayo. That would be such such a great fight for Cinco de Mayo, man. It would. It would. Um, I mean. You have the one of the most two of the most entertaining fighters in the world today competing in their prime. Damn, I hope that happens. Oh, it would be incredible if that fight could happen. You know what I mean? So um even Floyd Mayweather said that he believes that Mikey Garcia is gonna get the next crack at Loma. So let's let's keep our fingers crossed for that one. Um Unfortunately, it seems like that fight might get tied up in negotiations. Bob Arum seemingly, you know, um, has a little beef with, uh, you know, big name fighters. Mikey Garcia, he stifled, you know, the Mayweather Pacquiao for a little bit, you know. And unfortunately, boxing, the just the, the nature of boxing, the politics of it, when there have been, been big fights, granted, little caveat with that is that uh showtime is actually doing a phenomenal job with that this year and, and you know this year and last year making you know prime time fights so i guess i can't say that fully but historically boxing has shelved fights until the past due dates for political reasons people aren't getting paid enough promoters don't you know aren't getting paid enough and and, and so on so let's hope that the politics are put to the side and that uh that fight eventually happens it'd be incredible if it happens um it, it'd be the best again this weekend um was still i mean you know salute to <laughs> salute to lomachenko for winning and being just all in all one of the greatest out there um if he continues on this trajectory um he can absolutely become one of the greatest of all time if he and Mikey fight, my money at this point in time is on Mikey Garcia. I think he's a bigger guy. I think he hits harder. And I think he has just as good a feat. If not, he's number two to Lomachenko. So I have Mikey in that fight. But if that fight ever comes to fruition, I'll go ahead and break it down then. Um, still uh, sticking with this weekend, UFC 224 um, in Brazil, in uh, in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. Um it was beautiful. It was hot. But unfortunately, um, 
there weren't as many people. It wasn't a sold out event as usual. I think the UFC generally um, just banks on Brazil showing out. Reports say from you know MMAfighting.com um, were saying that um, ticket prices were high and uh, the fans didn't and the card wasn't good enough, so the fans didn't show up. Regardless, it ended up being a pretty entertaining card. Um, inside the arena, yes, it, you know there were empty seats. It was weird, man. It was really weird. You're not. I'm not accustomed, and I don't think any of us are accustomed to watching empty seats in Rio, especially with you know a, a pro Brazilian card. So that was a little awkward to kind of get into original initially. But once the fight started, it, it was great. Um, I'm actually just gonna go ahead and just kick it off with the 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 main event. Um, I, I already spoke about it a little earlier on the show, but Amanda Nunes versus Raquel Pennington. Yo, this was a one-sided just shellacking. <laughs> you know, she went um, Amanda Nunes from the beginning. Uh, Amanda Nunes, um, the champion at 135 pounds, defended her belt for the third time. Um, and with this finish, because she did receive a finish in this fight, um, surpasses Ronda Rousey with the most finishes at, with the UFC's 135 pound class. So, salute to uh, Amanda Nunes. Um, you're incredible <laughs> um but the, the fight kicked off with no pun intended a huge rear leg roundhouse by amanda nunes to roquel pennington's leg um the kick landed directly on the right quad of pennington and she immediately just fell onto the campus yo she fell which the only way I could explain what she looked like is she looked like Woody from Toy Story falling when Andy came in the room. That's exactly what she looked like when Amanda Nunes landed that first kick. Um, the fight, I want to say it was going back and forth, but it wasn't. Um, Raquel Pennington fought hard. She, she tried to do what she could. But Amanda Nunes is one of the greatest of all time. One of the greatest female fighters of all time. She's too big. She's too strong. She's too explosive. She was faster. And, and honestly, she was just smarter at every... She was just one step ahead of uh, Pennington at every, at every turn. She ended up outstriking Pennington. And, yo, these numbers are crazy. She ended up outstriking her 152 to 79 significant strikes in this fight that's banana like and honestly the shots that um, that Pennington was didn't she never really caught Nunes that clean so she didn't really do any damage um Pennington you know was guessing you know I guess she she ended up stalking you know she did an incredible job you know Staying in the fight. She's tough as nails, man. She went out there and she kept on fighting. Um, but with every jab, Penton's nose was just leaking. You know, you, you her, the, her eyes started swelling. There's purple bruising under under her, you know, under her left eye from her from her jabs from uh from um, from Amanda Nunes's jab. 
Pence's nose was visibly broken and just just pouring blood. So in between the and I spoke about this a little earlier in between the fourth and fifth round, her coaches, you know, she she wanted to be out. She should they should have thrown the towel in. They know I already talked about this. They should have thrown the towel in, but they didn't. Um, she ended up being finished, um, you know, two minutes into the fifth round. And she didn't have to take that much punishment, man. I really do feel bad for her. Um, I, I She's a, a, a good fighter, but just some, it's, it's too much. But on a positive note, <laughs> Amanda Nunes um, with this, I think, should open up a super fight. And this will be a legitimate super fight with Chris Cyborg, the women's 145-pound champion, um, for my money, Chris Cyborg is the greatest female fighter of all time, and Amanda Nunes is the second greatest of all time. Um, and she is 135-pound champion. Chris is the 145-pound champion. They've both won their last fights, so this should be the next fight up. They've pretty much cleaned out their weight classes. It's time. Hopefully, we see this fight later on in the year. Um, Amanda Nunes came out of there, you know, Scott free man it was ridiculous man but um great fight great showing by Manny Nunez um and really really gutty performance by uh, Raquel Pennington uh the common event Jacare Souza versus Kelvin Gastelum Gastelum um was a close split decision um Kelvin Gastelum ended up winning um on the scorecards, two rounds to three. Uh, two two of the judges gave it to Kelvin. One judge gave it to Jacare. I was shocked, man. I slightly had it going to Jacare, but after the fight, it was one of those that I was like, man, it, it could have gone either way. Um, this was a great fight. Um, because it went even back and forth. First round, Jacare went out there and just went at it you can see he took calvin down kelvin down and landed some huge shots yo i have no clue what kelvin is made out of but yo he has i mean cinder block chin nothing phases him he gets hit and just just eats eats him eats him like just cookies and, and keeps it moving um I think really the reason that he lost this fight is because Jacare just honestly looked tired, man. I have never seen Jacare look this exhausted during a fight. Um, Kelvin looked fresh the entire time. He was bouncing in and out. The second round, Kelvin Gaslam starts to round off, you know, takes center of the ring, uses incredible footwork, bounces in, bounces out, throws a huge left hand, drops Jacare. Um seemed the fight almost seemed to be over Jacare held on, but he took a massive beating in the second round. It was crazy. Third round Jacare goes out there and seemingly I think he might have outstruck Kevin Gaslam, but he just looked exhausted. Kevin looked fresh. He was bouncing around. And we all know that is who the, the judges are always going to give it to the guy who is the more fresh appearing guy out there. So Kevin gets a nod. Um, to be honest with you, I don't know where Jacare goes from here. Um, he's lost his last two fights. And uh, he's, 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 he's 39 years old. He's not getting any younger. 
Um, so it will be interesting to see what happens. But from here, Kelvin Gaslam, this is what he had to say about the fight. And this is what he wants next. Uh, it should be next. The um, title shot. You know, I don't think I, I, I'd, I'd accept any other fight than, than the title shot. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the most active middleweight there has been. Um, all True. the guys that I fired, top 10 and former champions. So I feel like I'm deserved. Yeah, I definitely. So Kelvin believes he deserves the next crack at the 185-pound title in the UFC. Yo, man, I can't lie to you. I, I, I can't make an argument against him. He's beat, he's beat, you know, Leota Machida. He, he's beat Vitor Belfort. Yes, these guys are older, you know, um, and yes, he did lose Chris Weidman, but Chris Weidman got wrecked by a couple other guys. Um, Kelvin Gaslam also beat, um, beat Michael Bisming, who is the former champion. His resume is incredible, and he is, he is, like he said, the most active guy at 185 pounds. I think he gets the next nod. So um, this uh, June, uh, Robert Whitaker, the champion 185 pound class, is fighting the Cubano, uh, Romero. And um, they'll be fighting in a rematch for the 185 pound chip. The winner of that fight uh, will end up probably fighting Calvin towards the end of the year. I can't wait for that. Um, either opponent, I think it would be an entertaining fight. Um, I think uh, Yoel is a worse matchup for Kelvin than um, than Robert Whitaker, simply because Robert Whitaker and um, Kelvin, both smaller guys, both two guys that formerly fought at 170 pounds and have moved up, so they're smaller guys in that 185-pound weight class. They're both great strikers, um, so I think that will be a much closer matchup. Um, Kelvin doesn't tend to do as well with bigger middleweights. Um, so for example, when he lost to um, Chris Weidman, Chris Weidman ended up taking him down and just put the mush on him and ended up submitting Kelvin Gastelum. Um, Chris Weidman, as we remember, took a huge loss to Yoel Romero, who's fighting against Robert Whitaker for this chip. Um, who, Yoel Romero is the most decorated um, wrestler ever to compete in MMA. So I just look at that being a bad matchup for Kelvin all around. Uh, so either way, when that fight comes, whatever, whichever other pony comes up with, um, I can't wait to talk about it. But uh, Kelvin deserves that title shot, man. And uh, he's, he's asking for it. And I'm really happy that he's asking for it. All right. Um... Next fight, the Mackenzie Dern versus Amanda Cooper fight. Uh, this fight was, and I'm throwing up these air quotes, at 115 pounds, um, at least for one of them. You know, it was 115 pounds for at least Amanda Cooper. Um, Amanda Cooper spent, you know, day the days leading up to the fight trolling and just kind of being mad at Mackenzie Dern for not being professional. I, I let you guys listen to the clip a little earlier. And I agree with, you know, Tyron Woodley and a couple of the other uh, guys who, who are analyzing the the, the the fights beforehand, saying that Amanda Cooper seemed to be too emotional on this fight. And, yo, 
It showed she went out there and was tight. She tried to throw perfect technique and whatever. And Mackenzie Dern went out there just swinging. Um, Mackenzie Dern goes out there, takes the center of the octagon and fires off some big shots. Um, I will say this. Um, Dern was out there brawling, but Dern was visibly out of shape. And, and I said it earlier, unless she has an injury that nobody talks about, she has no excuse like looking like that at all, coming in there like that at all. Um, she had an unfair advantage. And uh, even though, you know, um, Amanda Cooper was skilled, um, Dern was just a whole, it, it was just, she looked like she was a weight class bigger than her out there. Um, Dern ended up throwing a huge right hand, clipped um, ABC, took her down, you know, clipped her, dropped her. As soon as she dropped, um, Mackenzie Dern, who I talked about her jujitsu accolades earlier, like a warm knife to butter, sliced through um, uh, Cooper's defense, jumps on her back, chokes her out right in the first round. Um, she wins. She's 7-0. She has three submissions in her last four fights. And um, now Amanda Cooper has a saucy four and four record i have no idea what they're going to do with amanda cooper uh with a four and four record um but you know mackenzie dern needs to fight at 125 pounds not 115 pounds for a couple reasons to fight at 115 pounds she she's missed weight four out of her last seven fights so just 115 doesn't work for her and if 115 isn't working for her, you have to, you know, move it to the next weight class. Not only that, the 125 pound class is a new division. There's no, there's no name value there. There's nobody. She can be a star, and there's a quicker line to a title shot there. So she needs to stop playing around. She needs to get in better shape, and she needs to still fight at 125 pounds. All right, this is the last one in this card that I'm going to talk about is um, the, the Leoto's Dragon Machida fights Vitor Belfort in his farewell fight. Yo, this fight was pretty boring to start, to be honest with you. Um, the first round, both guys stared at each other, kind of were just there. Um, but the second round, Leoto Machida was looking like, a, like his normal snake charmer self. And via Anderson Silva versus <laughs> Vitor also, kick to the face he's out he KOs him uh, beginning of the second round um it was a good win for Lyoto um it was a highlight reel uh KO for um for uh for Lyoto also again looks like Woody look like Woody taking that L um as he collapses to the ground um this is Lyoto Machida's second KO in his last um you know three fights the other being CB Dalloway and as for Vitor look man he's had an incredible career 20 years he was the youngest UFC heavyweight champ found success everywhere he went so um nothing to be ashamed of salute to the legend Bellator 199 was also this weekend. Um, it had uh, the heavyweight tournament, you know, the, the next round of the heavyweight tournament with King Mo Lawal fighting Ryan Bader. Ryan Bader is actually um, the you the Bellator's hundred or two hundred five champ. And King Mo also generally fights at 205, but he also dabbles at 185 pounds. 
Um, this fight was wasn't that smooth. Uh, he ended up KOing. He ended up KOing your boy. Um, King Mo Ryan Bader KOs King Mo with a huge left hook in the in the in 15 seconds of the first round. Um, a little disappointing. Just because uh, we, I wanted to see a little bit more of this fight, King Mo looked great uh, leading up to the fight. Um, but this leads to Ryan Bader going against Matt Mitrione in the semifinals uh, for the Bellator Heavyweight Grand Prix. I can't wait for this fight. Um, Matt Mitrione is a big athletic heavyweight, every bit of 260 pounds. Um, but he's an athlete that can move. So that's going to be fantastic. I can't wait to see that. Um, and also, um, um, with that, you know, it, again, it's going to be fun. We can't wait to see we can continue going. Uh, the next fight on the card was, was Fitch versus Paul Daly. Now, uh, Fitch has um, been actually doing pretty well uh, leading up to this fight. Uh, this was his first. He, he was a champion at uh, with the World Series of Fighting, who's now the the the, the um, Professional Fighters League, the PFL. And uh, this was first fight um, with um, uh, Bellator. Look, we know what both guys are going to do. Um, one guy wants to strike. One guy wants to wrestle. And uh, in this fight, Fitch, the wrestler. Takes down uh, Paul Daly, who was honestly <laughs> seemingly unenthusiastic about this fight and Bellator as an organization. Um, every time John Fitch took down Paul Daly, Paul Daly was just controlled, couldn't do anything. Out of frustration, was on the ground, starts you know booing and 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 crying and complaining. So it was disappointing to say the least. Um. We'll see what happens next uh, with Paul Daly, but um, great win for John Fitch. Um, and last one I want to talk about was the phenom Aaron Pico was fighting Morrison. Yeah, I spoke about it a little bit last week, but Aaron Pico is a phenom, and he goes out there and destroys Morrison with a huge second KO by left hook to the body in a this kid is four fights this past year, three knockouts. Um, yo, he's the real deal. Uh, Aaron Pico was the was a primary sparring partner for Miguel Cotto um, in boxing, and he's a, an Olympic caliber wrestler. So, uh, and he's only twenty one years old. Can't wait to see what's going to continue coming for Aaron Pico. Uh, but that was our Bellator card. It was great. Um, Guys, this is the Fight Podcast. Um, thank you, as always, for listening. This is uh, your host, uh, Serge Vicente. And uh, like I said, man, remember to follow the Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at the Fight Podcast and follow me at Serge Vicente. Um, Yo, support the show. Checking us out on the website, www.thefightpodcast.com. Um, and also remember, uh, listen, rate, share on iTunes and SoundCloud. All right. Um, we have Fighter Focus coming up next. And we have this ep- my takeaways from this episode also. Hey, everybody. 
So our fighter focus is where here on the Fight Podcast, Sergio focuses on a fighter who is more than just a gladiator, but someone who carries themselves like a champion in and out of the ring. So the Fight Podcast's fighter focus for week 14 is middleweight boxing champion Danny Jacobs. Here's your host, Sergio, for more on this week's fighter. All right. Um, this week's fighter focus is boxing perennial 160 pound middleweight champion Danny the Miracle Man Jacobs. Uh, Danny is an incredible boxer. He's 34 and 2, 29 KOs, and is the number two ranked middleweight out there currently um, behind Gennady Golovkin. Uh, took him to in my he in my opinion he beat him a couple you know a couple years ago. Uh, I, I said I mean he beat uh, Triple G a couple years ago, and uh, dude is an all around. You just great guy um he is this week's fighter focus um because what he has done um daniel jacobs found the get in the ring foundation in 2003 while recovering from in 2011 and 2012 and this is while he was a pro he was already a pro he was already doing work um he's still suffering from Osteosarcoma, uh, osteosarcoma, sorry, I can't say that, uh, which is a rare form of bone cancer. Uh, he started at that point in time to focus on his life beyond boxing and considered his debut in considering his debt to the cancer community. Danny formed the Get in the Ring Foundation to help children with cancer struggles and other life issues that he personally dealt with in his life. So this dude is going out here, going out of his way. This is a guy who is a young man who has gone through, which is most people can't, you know, being in his physical prime, getting cancer and not being able to continue, um, you know, and then, you know, for thinking about others and doing this is is mind-blowing. And, and I'll tell you a little bit more, a personal thing in a moment. But the mission of the Get In The Ring Foundation is to help families providing early prevention and knowledge to decrease childhood cancer uh, occurrences and provide better health uh, and nutrition for children turning... Um, for, for um, and it's helping with kids with obesity also. So knowledge about kids with obesity and knowledge about and you know of obesity prevention with food drives and different things, um, along with um, with uh, knowledge on cancer prevention and um, you know what to do in support and things like that for for families as well. Um, yeah, they focus on again the areas of can the cancer and obesity. Um, I, I, I figured this was important and, and this is why this is important. This is great that somebody is, you know, obviously anybody who's giving back, I always appreciate. And I want to see somebody who is, you know, this is this boxer, this tough guy who's been through something and um, he's really giving back. The reason I want to bring this up and I want to really give a shout out to uh, Danny Jacobs is because um, I actually, when I was 25, so I was like the same age he was at that point in time, um, I was 25 years old and I was um training i was doing all the smokers and um you know taking amateur fights and i, I was on the verge and i was at the point in time that i was like okay my coaches now were already talking about turning pro so i was like okay this is what i'm great i'm getting ready to turn pro um 
that that's what that's where my mindset was. Well, didn't work out for me that way. I ended up getting diagnosed with testicular cancer and I ended up that ended up being honestly the end of my, you know, fight career. <laughs> um, you know, I it took me out for 2 years and by that point in time for me I was already doing different things. I started, you know, a, a company. I was, you know, I, I had grown past that point. I still love the sport. I still appreciate it, but I realized that it just wasn't my path anymore. So to see somebody who took that adversity is doing something positive with it for me is inspiring. I love hearing it. And, um, I'll always be a fan of Danny Jacobs because of that, you know, the type of like kindred spirits to a, to a way. Um, so please, you know, follow Danny Jacobs, um, check out the get in the ring foundation and salute to the man, the miracle man, Danny Jacobs. Um, he is this week's week 14 spider focus. All right, you are listening to this week's Fight Podcast episode, and it is now time for my UFC Fight Night picks. Um, UFC Fight Night is in Santiago, Chile this year. Should be pretty dope. This was supposed to be headlined by Kamaru Usman at 170 pounds, fighting against... um, uh, Santiago Ponzinibbio, who both men are ranked in the top 10 of the UFC's stacked 170-pound welterweight division. Um, Ponzinibbio, Santiago Ponzinibbio, who is from Chile, had to pull out of the fight. It sucks. He, boy, this should have been a great fight. It should have been that classic sh- uh, striker grappler matchup. Even though Kamar Usman, who is one of the scariest guys out there, um, it's like I said, people believe that. Like I said, he, I, it would have been a great matchup. Ponzinibbio pulls out in slides. Damian Maya. Now, Damian Maya. Is one of the you know one of the greatest jujitsu practitioners out there. He is also a perennial 170 pound title contender. Uh, he actually recently for his last fight was um, actually two fights ago. His last fight he lost actually against Colby Covington, um, but the fight before that he lost against Tyron Woodley uh, for the championship. Before that he was on a nine fight win streak. Dude was incredible. Um, but Kamar Usman, a little bit of a mystic Usman, you know, had something to say about that a couple years ago in uh, 2016. But, you know, my style would trump his style. And I know, I, I mean, I studied this before. I know that I can get him out of there, you know, in the first round. I know people are looking at me like, oh, well, you only a couple fights deep in the UFC. Conor McGregor was one, two fights deep in the UFC before he said he was going to win that title. You know, not everybody out here trains with me. Not everybody knows what I'm capable of. My coaches know what I'm capable of. My training partners know what I'm capable of. And I know what I'm capable of. And I've said it. Dana put him up, and I'm going to get him out of there in the first round. You know, he's been at the top for a long time. So that was Kamaru Usman in 2016 when he was calling out Damian Maya. So two years later, he's finally getting his fight. Um... I'm going to be very honest with you. Both men have incredible grappling pedigrees. 
slightly, slightly different. Mark Usman is a highly decorated uh, uh, wrestler. Um, he wrestled at Oklahoma State University. And on the other hand, you have, uh, oh, I'm sorry, um, Yes. Yes. And then, and then, and then, uh, I is one of the most decorated jujitsu jiu guys, guys out there. I'm going to be honest with you. I, 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 I see this battle going one way. Um, I think with him for a couple rounds. rounds. Um, I believe Damian Maya has wrestling. Yes, he has grappling. He has jiu-jitsu. But he does not have the wrestling to take down Kamal Usman. The way that Damian Maya takes guys down is that he dives with a single leg. leg. And he tries to just suck you in. He tried, he to, tried this technique with, with another, another wrestler, 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 another all-American all wrestler, wrestler from, from Zoom Zoom. The champion, champion, champion Woodley. Woodley. He just gets he just pushed off, off, and then he just, then he just beat up, beat up. Look at that. Look at His next fight against another wrestler, wrestler who's not as good as Kamal Usman wrestling. Neither was he as good as Darren Woodley. And Kobe Covington. Kobe Covington was able to take the pace of the fight. He landed his shots on Damian Maia. Kobe Covington doesn't have a like that. Come on, if he doesn't have half of what Kobe Covington did in the, his matchup with Damian Maya, he will get him out of there within the second round. I have this being a second round uh, ground and pound stoppage for Kamar Usman um, in that fight. Um, Alexa Grosso is fighting Tatiana Suarez. Should be a great fight. Both women are scrappy. Um, I have to go to um, Alexa Grasso. Uh, she's, I think she's much more well-rounded. Great striking. Um, so it should be a fun fight. Um, all right. This, guys, is the Fight Podcast. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. That is the UFC Santiago. It's not going to be a big card. doesn't have a bunch of big names on it. It's going to be free TV, so can't wait to watch it. And uh, I'll break that down. Um, it's going to be fun because next week I think I'll be able to break this down with, uh, you know, a special guest. So next week, you know, stick tuned. We have a special guest coming on, and we're going to talk about this, uh, this UFC um, fight night uh, in uh, Santiago, Chile. This is the Fight Podcast, and again, you're listening with Serge Vicente. Um, these are my takeaways from episode 14 of the podcast. Um, yo, missing weight, take my first takeaway. Missing weight by seven pounds is cheating. <laughs> like, seriously, man, what are you doing? Lose weight or move up. It should be that simple. So I, I, don't, I don't, there shouldn't be any excuses. Nobody's being mean. None of that. You lose weight or you get out. You know, all of us have had to cut weight, you know, so it, it is what it is. Takeaway number two, Vasily Lomachenko is the current best pound for pound boxer in the world today. I, 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 I mean, that's, that's all I can, I mean, that's what it is. I think he has all the ability. And even though I think that Mikey Garcia has the ability and will possibly beat him, what he's doing right now in 13, 12 fights is just unprecedented, man. Um, he does everything well. And, um, he's absolutely right now my number one pound for pound fighter in the world. Last takeaway, takeaway three. 
another legend bites the dust and another young lion takes out the grizzled vet with Kelvin Gaslam bleeding Jacare the UFC has seen a whole lot of changes like changing the guards in the last couple months um, and this is just another one in line we have Max Holloway beat you know Jose Aldo Kelvin again knocking out Bisbee knocking out Vitor Charles Oliveira Knocking, you know, beating up and 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 and, uh, and putting out Carlos Condit. I mean, you're seeing it, man. The guys that we all grew up watching and loving. It, it's it's about that time, man. Father time comes for us all. And I can't lie, man. I'm glad I'm over here talking about it because I'm I'm like that age of the dudes who might be getting scuffed at this point if I was still competing. Um, this has been a fun episode, man. Thank you as always for listening, man. Um. This is Serge. You know, next week we again, like I was telling you guys, we have a special guest. We're gonna always also talk about um, UFC Fight Night in Chile. There's gonna be a lot of new fight news, and um, yeah, man, that's our show for today. Thank you so much for joining me on episode 14 of the Fight Podcast. Remember to follow the Fight Podcast on all social media platforms at the Fight Podcast, and follow me at Serge Vicente. Support the show by checking me out on our website, www.thefightpodcast.com, and purchase and get some merch today. Uh, we have, you know, champion brand hoodies, champion brand tees. You know, the, the swag is pretty dope. Um, and thank you guys again. Um, and I'll see you next time on The Fight Podcast. Peace out.